Yes, 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 people. We are back for part two of this week's Echo Chamber. And as promised, yo, this man, I love this one, right? We um we look at the film uh Medieval, and then we speak to director Peter Jackal and writer Peter Bock, right? This was I probably butchered those names again. I apologize, fellas. I really do. Um, and I fucked up. It's not Polish. I don't know why I said Polish in last part one. This is a, a, a Czech historical drama, right? Which is, it was something that we don't learn about, you know, not over here. Right. And I wonder if, you know, people in the States or other other parts of the world do as well. You know, so this was fascinating. So let us get it started. OK, people, so we're going to start things off with looking at medieval. Right otherwise known as Jan Zika or Warrior of God, probably depending on what country you are in, right? I think in Czechoslovakia, it is, well, Czech Republic, it is Jan Zika, right? And um, as I say, look, people, this is frigging fascinating. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Okay, so it's always interesting watching a historical, you know, piece come to life, right? Because I think when it gets really fascinating is when you find out about people who you've never heard before. You know what I mean? Like these moments in time that aren't often depicted. Like, you know, there's loads of films about the First and Second World War. You know, I mean, there's a lot of films about, you know, the Tudors and, you know, things like that. But with medieval, we get something really interesting. Like, it's about a Czech hero, a legend, who never heard of, never heard of. It is directed by Peter uh, Peter Jackal, who um, also wrote the screenplay. Um, it's a story by, um, I think his dad and Peter Bock, right? Um, yeah, the film is produced by Kevin Bernhardt, uh, Kasayan Ells. And Jackal is executive produced by Delphine Pierre, Stuart Manashil, uh, Peter Jackal Sr., Arena Fraser, and Martin J. Farab. Uh, associate produced by Pam Dixon. Daniel Jaros, Alina Jakalova. Music is from Philip Klein. 
Cinematography is Jesper Tofner. It's edited by Stephen Rosenblum and Dirk Westervelt. Casting is Nancy Bishop and Pam Dixon. Art direction is Yuri Stenward. Uh, set decoration is from Barbara Bokarova. Costume design is Katarina Mirova. Uh, we got effects, hair, makeup, all of that jazz from Sasha W. Eiser, Daniela Girakova, Jamie Kelman, Rene Stegeskal, and Ivo Stragmula. Our cast, which was very impressive, we've got Ben Foster as the man himself, Jan Zika. Um, we've got Sophie Lowe as Lady Catherine, uh, Michael Kane as Lord Bolsch. Uh, we've got Tilla Schweiger as Lord Rosenberg, uh, Roland Muller as Tork, Matthew Good is King Sigismund, uh, we've got Carol Roden as his brother, King Wenceslas IV. Um, we've got William Mosley as Jaroslav, who is Jan's brother. Uh, Werner Dayan as Ulrich. Vinez Kiefer is Conrad. Alistair Brammer is Freddy. Magnus Samuelson is Lars. Christopher Reif is Mick. Guy Roberts is Cyril. David Bowles is Giovanni. Jennifer Amon is Barbara. Jan Buda is Matthew. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a very... Yeah, it's a really, you know, impressive cast, right? So, the gist of the, uh, gist of the film is this. Um, it's about Jan Zika, um, and it takes place in the so-called High Middle Ages and tells the story of the birth of a great warrior and brilliant military leader who defended everything he believed in. At the turn of the 14th and 15th centuries, Europe was experiencing a cold and unfavorable climate that did not favor even less demanding crops. Crop failure followed crop failure, leading to famine. The Black Death from 1347 to 1351 was followed by further epidemics that paralyzed the whole of Europe. It was not a good time for the common people who were tormented by unnecessary uncertainty, which was also true for King Wenceslav IV. In the early years of his reign, Wenceslav was an active monarch, but over time he came into conflict with both the domestic nobility and the Catholic Church. The clash with the church culminated in 1393, 
when the Archbishop's servant, John of Nepmond, died during an interrogation. A year later, the local nobles captured their king and imprisoned him in Wildberg Castle in Upper Austria. Wenceslas' brother, Jan uh, Zolkeski, son of Charles IV and Elizabeth of Pomerania, freed Wenceslas, but the pressure from the disgruntled nobility persisted. After a while, the king had no choice but accept their terms. However, this was only part of the problems. He had to deal with a deal with around the year 1397. Conflicts with his half-brother Sigmund of Luxembourg were also escalating. The lands of the Bohemian crown were in fact ruled by Henry of Rosenberg the richest nobleman of the kingdom, and even as a result of defending his own interests, the people were thrown into a cycle of unimaginable tyranny and violence. The year was 1402, and the time demanded a hero who would be a new hope, not only for the common people, but also for the reigning king. Jan Zika was hired to protect with his retinue an important advisor and supporter of the king. During the ruthless assault on this important man, he demonstrated his strategy and combat skills, which did not go unnoticed. He was soon called into the service of Wenceslav and accepted another delicate task. He was to kidnap Rosenberg's fiance Catherine at this time. At first, he, um, this did not seem to be a particularly difficult task, but meeting the beautiful girl sparks in the violent Jeanne the hope of a forbidden love. Inevitably, he becomes involved not only in high politics, but also undergoes a test of his loyalty and his own strength. Jeanne's mercenary values are shaken to their foundation, but he has no choice but to fight. Passion, guilt, lust, and revenge become the driving force behind his determination to fight for equality and for the common people and for justice. I mean, that's a lot, right? But it, this film, man, it, it really does invoke a lot in the viewer, I feel, right? From the giddy up. Right, we have this ambush, and you know, this. Well, really, it's around these two popes, right? The French name a pope, Rome name a pope, which I had forgotten all about. Right, watching that, and then you just remember, you're like, oh shit, I remember hearing about that. But it's not some again. It's not something that's like overly talked about and shown. And so, um, yeah, Wenceslav has to go, like, the aim is to go to Rome to, you know, help consecrate the real, like, who they believe is the real pope, right? But, you know, his man is ambushed and Jan protects him. And just this opening battle, jeez, like, we see a lot. It's 
crazy. Like the special effects are insane, right? There, there's a bit, just a man's hand is just crushed and we just see this crushed hand and you're just like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? People's getting their faces smashed with maces. Just all, like, the frenzy is just palpable, right? Now, there are bits in the film which you do kind of wonder about. It's like, you know, people in armor falling in rivers, you know what I mean, and not drowning. Now, to me, it's not complete plate armor, but you do kind of look at what they're wearing and think, I kind of think you're going to get dragged down. But other than that, you know, we, we get this mix of story and, you know, faith and just all of these things that are tied together and are really bringing this whole thing to life. And it is fascinating. It's really bad. Like there's intrigue, there's deception, there's double crossing. It is extremely satisfying. Like you're gripped all the way through, you know? gripped all the way through it's uh it's impressive storytelling you know and the cast right i i will say this is one of the best performances of late that i have seen from michael kane like he really did you know bring something to the table that was like yo god damn that was good that was really good. Like sometimes you watch Kane and he's just he just seems like it's just Michael Kane. But here, you know, what I mean? he he really um gave us something, right? You kind of like he inhabited the role of Lord Bush. You know, it was yeah, really good. And just everyone, you know, everyone just gives us a lot, you know. Like, Sophie Lowe makes it believable as Catherine when she, she believes in God and, you know, that these things are done for the right reasons, which, you know. <laughs> but it's like the performance that makes you go, okay, all right, you know what I mean? You, you, I believe what she's saying. You know, and we've got these this great cinematography, these landscapes which they're filming on, you know, it is, there's a lot happening, there's a lot happening, there's a lion, <laughs> we get a lion up in the piece, which I don't know how they got some of, like, I don't know how they got some of the scenes that we see, because it is really really good but then it's just a strategy as well you know because supposedly Yan never lost a battle right never lost a battle hailed as one of the, the best military minds of the time and like there's, there's this great scene which looks like it's you know a trap and it turns on its head and it's just oh when you watch it you are just Man, you feel exhilarated. But just think of like the opening of Gladiator. 
you know, we're in the forest and the fight happens or some of just the gladiatorial fights, you know, that really just got you infused. This film does that stuff as well, right? Which, it's not an easy thing, right? When you think about all of the historical films that we've had, like Kingdom of Heaven, which, I mean, impressive in scale, but it just seemed to lack that soul, you know what I mean? But when when you have this, right, when done right, when you have things like Gladiator, you know, like you just think of the TV show Rome, how great was that? You know, when it's done right, whew, it's impressive as hell. And medieval feels like it is in the vein of the classics, which, you know, it might seem it's a lofty thing to say, but I was, yeah, all the way through, I was just in this story. I was gripped. And that, I love that feeling, right? I love that feeling, being able to watch a film and not only, right, be, yo, I've not heard this story, right? But visually being impressed, being, like, get great acting, just all of these things, editing, all of these things just come together, you know? It's really good. Like, you know, there is the bit with the eye and... It, it takes a little while to get used to depth perception and all of that. So there are some bits where you do have to go, all right, I feel there's a little artistic license here. But all in all, people, medieval, you're going to be impressed, right? If you like, you know, your, 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 your sword fighting and all of that kind of stuff, you know, if you like Gladiator, right, if you liked, you know, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, right, those are fantasy, obviously, but this will kind of invoke those same kind of feelings, right, this story, which is reality, it is going to grip you as much as some of the fantasy, that we watch and enjoy. So, you know what I mean? I, look, you may have heard about this period in history. I haven't. I was gripped. I very much enjoyed it. And um, yeah, people, right? And I think if you like the stuff I've referenced, I think you will enjoy medieval just as much as I did. So yeah, go check it out. Okay, people, so we've looked at the film. Now we sit down with the director and the writer, Peter, J Peter Jackal and Peter Bock. Apologies, gentlemen, because I know I've butchered your names. I've just butchered all the names. I apologize. But these gentlemen, really, really interesting to conversate with. Um, so yeah, I think you're gonna dig this one, people, for sure. So let us, we've heard enough from me, let's get to them, all right? All 
Okay, people. So today I am joined by, and apologies if I butchered the names, but Peter Jackal and um, Peter Bock, the writers and director of Medieval. Well, I've seen it referenced as a, a, a couple of different things. So we've got Medieval or Jan Zika, right? Jan Zizka, yes. Jan Zizka, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so our, yeah, just like, you know, to correct you a little bit, my name is Peter Jakel, and Peter's, Peter is Bok, Peter Bok. And okay. Jan Zizka is a Czech name of the, of the film, and it's also the, the name of the hero of the movie, Jan Zizka. That was the, the main uh, character. Yeah, this was, I have to say, I've never heard of him, never heard of him before. And I love that, right? I, I love us when we get these stories that kind of give us these moments in time, these, these historical like happenings that aren't talked about all the time. There's the amount, when you think all the films that are told about the Tudors or the First, Second World War, like we get so many of those, but it's great when we get the, these kind of, these new moments, which are very impactful, but for some reason, yeah, aren't, aren't necessarily told. Like, what was the reason that you thought, you know, this needs to come to the big screen? Yeah, I mean, I I always wanted to do a movie like Braveheart or the the Gladiator or the Last Samurai, and uh, this was perfect uh, opportunity to do something like that. So uh, I I thought like to show our really our real hero and somebody from you know who is really known in in the Czech Republic and who is one of seven never-defeated generals of all time, like Genghis Khan or Alexander the Great, I thought like it, it's going to be a great opportunity to, to show it to people, to show beautiful Czech uh, castles, uh, Prague, uh, Charles Bridge is there, you know, and of course, you know, uh, all the nature. And uh, I think it's, uh, you know, people, you know, in the Czech Republic, uh, they should be a little bit more proud about our history. So that was another reason why I wanted to do the movie. And uh, Jan Zizka was fighting for what he believed in, uh, for justice. And uh, it's very important to remember that, uh, especially in these days when we see what is happening around us. And, uh, and also the political situation of the movie is pretty much, uh, it's very similar to, to today's politics and uh, that was also interesting for me. Mm, yeah, I, I think that is like one of the big things. It's like even, you know, whenever in history we look, like there's so many elements that really reflect on the things that happen today, you know, which is always just, you, you always think like, Surely we're going to learn, but no, we, we seem to just repeat certain things over and over again, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, um, we are doomed to repeat our own history. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, with the, just the history of Jan and everything that he's done, 
what made this the perfect like moment to show? Peter? Me? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure what, what to answer. Uh, you start. You start. I, I will follow up. I need to. Oh, okay. I think, like, you know, what we wanted to do, we wanted to. Uh, I, I didn't want to do uh, his, you know, like the, the story of his whole life because I thought it's something what I, what is. Uh, basically uh a, you know style or i i, I mean uh, uh the structure which i didn't want to use and we did we decided uh, not to use it and, and pick just the best moment you know which could show everything from his life his change uh and to make his arc as big as possible and because he was a, a paid mercenary who was uh, paid by somebody to kill people and then he's changing to someone who is fighting for high reasons, and he he was you know he was changed by somebody, and uh, in our story it's a woman like it's in many uh, like I believe that it's it's you know just like uh, it happens very often, mm. and uh, so we thought like this is the best way how to show his life, and what was happening actually later on because he became to be very famous uh, like 18, 18 years later uh but in these days people of faith and uh it it was like poor were actually extremely poor and rich were uh, richer and you know it was it was really hard time for everybody and also there was a, a you know, there were two popes at the same time so it was very difficult uh also for religious people and uh we thought like it's gonna be great to show problems from the year of 1402 and show how similar it is to these days, and that's why we picked this, you know, uh, this year and this short time of of his life, and uh, also we wanted to show his personal story, which was very important for us because we believe that uh, hope in our life is very important, you know, and that was great, you know, opportunity to show show it on, on his personal story. Yeah, if I can add something, you know, to, sh to show how it's in the inner, in Jan Zizka process, how that person who was simply selling himself as a mercenary became a person who, uh, start to fight for the others. So how this this military genius became the one we know from the history later on. So that I think that was another very important reason for this uh, plot, let's say. Mm. Now, you know, you, you reference at the start like Braveheart and Gladiator, right? And you, you think about all the great films that we've had, like historical films, like El Cid back in the day, you know, but then recent times, you know, you've had Rome on TV, you know, Game of Thrones, there's the Lord of the Rings films, right, which all, like, really draw the viewer in, right, so when it's done well, it really is impactful, but we've seen it not go as well, 
right? Kingdom of heaven, lavish, but didn't have the same kind of sentiment. So when you were putting this together, were you very conscious of trying to create something that would resonate with people? Like, what was that approach? Emotions, from my point of view. Sorry, that I started to yeah, yeah. <laughs> answer. Yeah. That, that was the reason for the love story in it. So that, you know, not this is not a documentary about history. This is a film about real pe person in the real time with its context. As Peter mentioned, you know, two popes, people simply simple losing their faith. They, the pillar of the certainty simply fall apart. So to whom they, or to what they should uh, believe. So uh, so it's it's pretty complicated situation. And if you want to uh, to dig some story, you have to have emotions. You have to have that simply love story. And and as Peter said before, there is always some strong women behind us, or next to us, or even leading us. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, also what was you know pretty big reason was to show uh, medieval world uh, as realistic as possible, and we we try to make it uh, like beautiful on one end but uh, also ugly on the other and uh, that that's why it's sometimes brutal uh, and uh, that's why we were trying to do the fighting scenes a little bit differently and uh, yeah and uh, we our goal was uh, that people would feel like they spend some time in medieval world and then at the end that they would google who was actually Jan Žižka and who were Hussites? Uh, what is Hussite revolution? Mm. And uh, maybe where is Czech Republic for some people? <laughs> so that was, that was also, you know, good reason to do the movie like this. Oh, yeah. Like in the production notes, it gives like a lot of history, which is so great. Like I'm reading this stuff and I'm just like, yo, what? never heard of this this is fascinating yeah i want to spend more time you know <laughs> learning about this stuff you know like hey i would definitely be on board for a, a follow-up film you know more of your hands adventures tell you the truth uh, you know what i mean but what you you know something you just mentioned you know like the way that everything unfolds like the effect like there's there's a part where we see like a man's hand crushed and you see like this he's holding his his crap you see it visually like the the mace to the face and just all the effects were incredible like how the hell were you able to produce at that level you know because it, it was really impressive that was, you know, we've got really great guys here and they they have done uh, all the VFX on our movie. It's over 600, you know, uh, VFX shots. So it's a lot. And uh, basically they also created this uh, uh, lion, which is a VFX lion. It's combinated in with a real lion in the movie. So we've got a combination of both. Uh, so they had to be very close to the real lion, because if you see a real lion and uh, the shot after that, you see the BFX line, they have to look the same. Otherwise, you cannot use the real lion because the, the BFX would look even worse. Mm. So 
did uh, they they've spent a lot of time on making this happen and making it look as it is right now and uh, uh they they uh they were great because we were discussing every moment and there is a lot of moments which we had to create to make it work. We shot something and mostly we shot everything on the set, but there were some things which we couldn't shoot on the set, of course. So uh, we had to prepare it in the, you know, uh, uh, previous and uh, then uh, we shot it as, pl as planned and it was a lot of you know, there was a lot of guys running with these VFX balls to get the lightning, you know, and see everything what, what needed to be uh, uh, captured for the uh, later VFX. And, uh, yeah, it was actually a great experience. And I'm so happy that uh, it, it looks like, you know, uh, it looks actually. So it's, it's very uh, real. And otherwise, I couldn't couldn't use it in the movie because the the main reason why I wanted all these moments uh, like uh, VFX was that I wanted to make it as real as possible and it helped it actually. Yeah, I I would never have known that there was a VFX lion. Yeah, I was watching the film. And it's like how the hell did they get the lion to do that shit? Because that's some crazy. You know, you know, I wouldn't want to be the actor. You know I mean? Yeah. Trust that this lion is tame. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that boy. That, that's the thing. Sometimes you watch stuff and you can go, okay, it looks like they're using, they're in a car and there's a green screen on the outside, or you know, they're not really on the edge of a bit. Like you, sometimes you notice it, but when it's done well, it's seamless. And this was friggin' seamless, man. That's so impressive. But as a creator. How do you figure that into just like the budget and, you know, the, the filming, you know, knowing, okay, we're probably going to need, do you kind of in your head go, right, I feel these scenes will need VFX. So, you know, you're trying to factor in how much post-production, how much you need, you know, angles you need when you're, you're shooting, like, what is that like? Uh, I mean, you usually try to prepare everything uh, on the set or before, you know, you get into shooting. And sometimes it's very difficult because if you don't know how the VFX would look like, then you just have to imagine it. You have to explain it to all the actors. And it's, uh, it's very difficult. Sometimes you have some images on laptop or somewhere and you show it to the actors and you say, hey, this is behind you. This is the green screen. Uh, you have to react like this. Uh, but sometimes you just shoot it and believe, hope that it's going to be the right movement. For example, if it's a fight, and you, you have some other fighters behind them, it's very hard to coordinate it and make it exactly as you want because then you would spend much more time. And usually, uh, even we had, you know, pretty good budget, which was $20 million. Uh, but normally you, you have like four times, five times more for these kind of movies. So we had to be really efficient and uh, we were planning uh, really well. And uh, that's why also, you know, it was because we had, we never came back to the same location. 
So the movie is, uh, you know, looks bigger because it's every location is new. So you are going through the movie and you are changing locations all the time, which is not very often because it's very expensive and it's also hard for logistics. So uh, that was uh, that was difficult. And because I wrote the script, then I was like telling myself as a producer, you fucking idiot. Uh, writer because you are you you've done this to you to you and it's it's gonna be difficult but at the end of the day uh, as a director i was satisfied because i had um, more places to show show more castles more you know nature and everything what i wanted to show so uh, at the end of the day it was good it was good for the movie but it was uh, bit more difficult for, for, for the production. Mm, no, it, it definitely works story-wise. You know, it definitely works story-wise. Like, how much time went into scouting those locations? Like, what was the um, pre-production like on this? Yeah, we spent quite a lot of time. Uh, and we knew that we have to shoot it in the Czech Republic because we've got all the castles, all the places where it was actually happening. Some of them, you know, just like Jan Zizka was there. So we were trying to use as many uh, places, you know, where he was as possible. And of course, to show everything what is uh, beautiful and uh, we had to shoot it here. So we were uh, scouting uh, for about two months and before before that, I already knew some places, like some castles. But uh, when you shoot uh, in September, October, uh, sometimes you have problems to get into castles because it's still a season, kind of like you know. So it's it's always difficult to plan. And then we had you know great stars, which was perfect for the movie, but also for planning it was difficult. We had Michael Caine. For four days, then he had to go back and fly to London, and then he had to, had to come back again. And all with all the other actors, it was pretty much the same. Okay, now I'm glad you mentioned that because this cast, yo, know, the the cast really brought the energy to this film, right? You just believed in these performances, especially you know Sophie Lowe, because it's just like. You know, everything's for God and she's got this belief that, you know, everything's just. And it's just like, if that that can come off so cheesy, right? But you believe that that's what the conviction the character has. Like, and I'm not just saying this. I feel that this is one of the best performance I've seen of Michael Caine lately. Like, he... There's, there's been films I've watched him in, you know, the last, you know, decade or so. And I've kind of felt, it just feels like Michael Caine doing Michael Caine. You know what I mean? But in this, I'm just like, he's Lord Borsch. You know what I mean? He, he's like, he's really just transformed into this character. And just everyone, like Ben, this, everyone gives these magnificent performances. So, like, firstly... Right, because I think when you're making a film like this, obviously you probably want a lot of Czech stars to be involved. But how do you balance, you know, using homegrown talent and then 
thinking to yourself, well, we want some big, like big world stars to, to try and bring people in and that kind of, like, how do you balance all of that and, you know, just get these people involved? Uh, yeah, we always wanted to have a lot of, uh, like, uh, known actors because it, it, we knew that it's going to help uh, to promote the movie and sell the movie worldwide. And it actually, because of that, because we got Michael Caine, Till Schweiger, which is a huge German star, Matthew Good, uh, and uh, also, you know, we had uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, Danish uh, guys. We had uh, the main villain is uh, Roland Muller, a uh, Danish actor who is very cool, charismatic guy who is, uh, you know, very tough also. And uh, then we had other Germans. We had a Swedish guy. Actually, it was uh, one of the mercenaries who is uh, the strongest man in the world. He was actually 10 years ago. He was really strongest man in the world. And and uh, then uh, we had uh, we had you know many others from Europe, but we always wanted to have some Czech guys, Czech actors in the movie. So we had Karel Roden, who is uh, pretty famous. Uh, he has you know uh, bad, uh, he plays bad boys uh, in American movies. Plus we had some other actors, Czech actors, uh, who I wanted to have there because it's it's a Czech movie, and I always wanted to have uh, Czech actors, but. When we were talking and when we were discussing the, the leading part or some big supporting roles, uh, we thought like it's going to be a better performance if it's a native uh, American or British, somebody native English speaking uh, actor. So we were looking for uh, actors which are uh, actually British or Americans. Uh, we have also British uh, William Mosley, uh, yeah. also great guy. All these guys are my friends, and I I, I love them all. Uh, sometimes it was the shooting was uh, easier with some of them, uh, harder with uh, the others, but um, it was it was joy. And Michael Caine uh, is so humble, and it's it was so so great to to direct him that I I offered him uh, another movie and we did together I produced another movie with him calling called bestsellers so and he's also uh, uh, you know leading role in uh, a video game for medieval which will be uh, actually we are we are gonna be using pieces of the movie and uh, Michael Caine will have his uh, 3d character in it and it's unbelievable. So uh, Michael really, really helped us a lot, and especially me. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Like, how much of, like, this story did, like, the cast know coming in? Uh, basically, nobody knew who Jan Zizka was, so they all had to uh, look online you know who is actually Jan Zizka uh, and uh, yeah so it was uh, you know interesting for me to explain everybody who he really was how we feel about him and uh, that it's also a controversial uh, story at these in these days uh, so some people feel that he is the real hero 
some people feel that he was killing too many people. <laughs> so, and sometimes, you know, some people think that he, he was uh, like uh, too, like religious fanatic later on. And it, there's a lot of uh, point of views on, uh, on his life and what he did. But uh, because we chose his early life, we didn't have to actually confront us and the story with this uh, because it, it was later on. But we, mm. we put all these elements, you know, the spicy of all this into this story. And we, we tried to show like what, 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 what were the problems. And so, so the, this is like, you know, also another reason why we chose his early uh, days, you know, early years of his life. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, right, if we look at, like, there's so many historical figures, there's gonna be some, you know what I mean, some, some moments which are questionable now, because times change, opinions change, like, there's, there's so much that, you know, we've evolved into, but back then, like, it was kind of, you know, a reasonable thing to do some of the things that they did. So, so it's like, yeah, it's always kind of interesting seeing these things and, you know, how times were and everything like that. I mean, how much, how much artistic license is in the film compared to the actual story? Well, to, to be honest, I think uh, it, it's it's fiction. It's fiction. So, but the actual story is based on the actual story. So you um, you have to imagine that uh, it was beginning of the 15th century, and we simply do not know what was really happening with actual days and months and years with these people, because Janzyska back then wasn't that famous uh, as a noble-like person. The, so, so you can't. There, there are no written evidence about his life very much, but there are kind of, you know, slight puzzles uh, or, or pieces of puzzles uh, which can lead you to um, to what was probably or most probably happening back then. Mm -hmm. So uh, that we possibly know he was an outlaw and he was fighting the the uh, the. the most powerful nobleman in the southern Bohemia. That's the character of uh, Rosenberg, and uh, he, he was uh, later on. No, early on, he was even caught, and he was sentenced to death. And but uh, and immediately a pardon from a royal, um, from from the king himself came, pardoning just him. Yeah, the all the other uh, bunch of the the uh, the outlaws were uh, hanged. He was released, mm -hmm. uh, so he had really strange connections to to the royal court. And there there are other um, uh, you know historical facts from from that time. We even stick to it. I mean, family like you hear that brother. Um, he he definitely, uh, as I mentioned, had connection to the royal court. Uh, but it, and one very important uh, thing that it happened in the year uh, 1402, which was the second attempt or successful attempt to kidnap uh, the king Wenceslav IV, uh, and and he was kidnapped by his own brother. So it's again actual real 
that the brother came, his, uh, the Sigismund came to Bohemia with a whole army plundering the, uh, Bohemia because he was simply gathering uh, uh, money he, he, he thought they belonged to him uh, and so on. So, th so there are lots of things which are really based on, on history, but, you know, com combined together is a fiction. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, we used all the politics, whatever was possible, uh, whatever we knew and found out about Jan Žižka, it's it's used, but we don't know, you know, too much about him. Uh, but uh, his personal, I would say his personal story was, uh, you know, uh, film fiction, uh, but it was still based on, you know, uh, facts we knew about his wife, you know, and other uh, elements, you know, of his family when he grew up, every. All that is right. So it's it's just like you know, put into the real places uh, and uh, stories around him. But you know, uh, the the line of his you know story in the movie was changed uh, as we needed for the movie to make sense for us and also to have the emotion which we wanted to have. And that like you know, just to show how people felt why they were fighting, and all that is, you know, uh, what, what we think it, it, it was happening. Yeah, well, mm. one more thing, that, that the, the, the struggle of influence in the, you know, the, the coronation of the Holy Roman Emperor, that, that's definitely um, historical as well, and even the, uh, you know, intervenes of, of French um, royal uh, Court is 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 um, historical fact as well, and that, that's that's the story with with the French king and his brother. At that time, the French king was was really mentally ill; he was insane. So the actual leader was his brother. So that, that's all something you can find out. It really fits the history. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's Peter said. Okay, no, that that's yeah, it's interesting. It's a really interesting time period that I do feel that your film is going to get a lot of people looking into, you know. Uh, yeah, which is great. Like, for you, what was the most difficult part of this? Because, you know, you mentioned the, VF the VFX shots. You've got those underwater shots, which were just like, you know, you think it might be difficult just shooting someone swimming through a tunnel, but then you've got the fight scenes underwater, especially at the beginning, which really do get you pumped up. Like, that is a great way to kind of start off the film with just this whole kind of ambush and everything. But yeah, what was like, you know, the hardest kind of moments to kind of shoot and the production-wise here? Yeah, by the way, I think actually the underwater shooting is uh, the most difficult part, and it was it was really difficult because we were shooting in the beginning, and then we were shooting the last three days of the shooting, which was in December. We we did that in a pool, uh, but in the beginning we did it in in a real lake uh, in September. So. It was extremely difficult because it takes like three times longer than normal shooting. And sometimes actors are cold or the water is too hot or they cannot dive for so long. 
they cannot do this. They cannot see. It's too murky water or, you know, just too clean. And it's it was like always something. And uh, it's also hard to direct people underwater. You know, uh, so they could hear, you know, we had this equipment, you know, they could hear what I was saying, but they couldn't answer back, you know, so they just like had to just listen. And uh, but the most most difficult moment was the first week of the shooting when we actually shot the, the battle, which is in the beginning. And it was like it was it was the worst place we could choose because it was uh, 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 like basically a quarry uh, close to Prague. And there was just one way, one road, one way road. So you you would always have to wait like you know an hour for an actor you know to get there, and then the sun was there just for six hours instead of twelve hours, and it was it was crazy. And we had immediately Michael Caine, Ben Foster, many fighters fighting, and uh, most of the directors would tell you, and they told me like you know use shoot something what you don't need to use in the movie in the first days because you probably not gonna end up using it <laughs> but i knew that i had to shoot this because of michael king's availability uh, also uh, the weather uh, the location and everything so we we were you know it was really really difficult time but uh, we made it and at the end I actually super enjoyed the uh, editing it, you know, with uh, and we had we had a great editor. We had uh, Steve Rosenblum, who is uh, uh, an editor of Braveheart mm. or uh, The Last Samurai and many others, and he helped me so much with the structure and you know just like uh, creating beautiful moments. And then he he was stuck in in US uh, because of the pandemic. And uh, so he told me and he agreed, uh, his friend Dirk Westerwald, who is an editor of Logan or uh, Le Mans 66. And um, he did, uh, you know, a uh, great job uh, on uh, action scenes and other little moments which we were going through. So I, I super enjoyed the process in editing, which I loved the most from the whole process, actually. Interesting, interesting. Like, yeah, what did it feel like to, you know, once it was finished and you saw it on the big screen, how did that feel? Yeah, it's always difficult, you know, when you see something, what you've been planning for so long and what you see in your editing room. I usually really, uh, I don't like the first cut. I usually like the second cut a little bit better, but then probably the next cut is worse or vice versa. It depends. So I'm um, very, always very like, uh, I'm thinking about what is going to be there, what not what is there right now, because I know I can fix this performance. I can fix that. But uh, it's usually the time when you're still trying to find the best version of it. Like what is, uh, what is something what is going to work the best? Because there are always ways how to do the movie it could be uh faster longer slower you know it could be more uh brutal or uh you know funnier 
and you have to choose. And so it, it was written somehow, but actually these editors, uh, they, they are trying to not uh, cut it as it was written, but as it was shot. So, and it, it's different material than a script. I got a script like a director and they got the footage from me as a director. So it was transferred to something else. So uh, Steve, especially Steve, uh, told me that for him, it's better just to watch what was shot. Don't read the script first and or read the script in the beginning, but then don't go and re uh, read again the, the scenes but to see how it was shot and cut it from that and see what is the potential of the scene. And I think it's, it's clever and I, you know, appreciate it. And uh, it was always good to watch uh, a new scene he did or date it. Yeah, no, it, what you've done here is pretty great, right? Because when you consider, right, I think I, I, I saw that the new Lord of the Rings TV series was, Roughly a hundred million an episode, and you say you did this for around twenty. <laughs> I'm just saying, this looks like it's on that same scale. You know what I mean? This looks so impressive. This story, it, it was great. The performances are great. You have, you know, this is such a a really well done piece of work. So I congratulate you both on what you've done here, and I kind I just feel that. Yeah, people are going to, this is going to invoke for people those emotions they got when watching Gladiator, when watching Lord of the Rings, Braveheart, those films. I think it's going to do the same kind of thing. So, hey, I, I think you've got something really impressive on your hands here, gentlemen. Thanks a lot. It's, it's great to hear things like this, you know, and... Uh... We are really happy that it's it it was we were able to finish it and put the money together, uh, then write the script and uh, shoot it as we wanted. And uh, just uh, we were waiting two years because of the pandemic, so it's been four years in post. Uh, it was everything was difficult about this movie. But uh, at the end, uh, I think we are happy that uh, the movie went out right now, not before the pandemic, because right now it's more relevant with all the war and you know all these things happening. So uh, yeah, and I think it's uh, uh, what is what is good, you know, if you feel at the end of the movie that there is a hope. So to feel the hope. It's it's always good, you know, and if it's there, um, we are happy. Mm, okay. Well, I know that you've got to run off and do some more press, but before you go, let the people know how they can follow you and keep track of you know, everything you're doing and this movie itself. Uh, yeah, I think just like you can, you can follow uh, us on Instagram. Uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, my profile. I don't think Peter has profile. Maybe he has. No. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, all about movie. I think it's it's somewhere. Actually, I don't know the, the distribution sites, but uh, yeah, it's going to be soon in, in theaters. 
I mean, it's 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 been in the Czech theaters already five weeks, and we are number one five weeks, which is uh, pretty great. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah, I feel that will be repeated around the world, my friend. So thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate that. And yeah, all the success for you, man. And hey, when you've got your next project, please come back. I've enjoyed the conversation, so I, I'd love to uh, do it again. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, okay. Take bye. care. Bye-bye. Okay, people. There you go. How fucking interesting was that, right? And as I said, with this film, you learn something new, right? It's so fascinating getting to um, take a look at like these just unearthed pieces of history that haven't crossed our path before, you know? And like, look at different countries, right? Because there's history in our own country that we don't know. But when we get to see these things in other countries too, it's just like, yo, I didn't know those motherfuckers did that shit, all right? Um, the Pitters were just straight gents. Really enjoyed the conversation. Looking forward to having future ones, hopefully, with them. So there's that. Part two, we're done. Now, part one, as I said, look, it's fascinating with history. So in part one, we also get to look at um, Eternal Spring, which is a documentary around just this craziness in China, in Changchong. And we also look at a horror called The Retaliators. So that's not one to miss either. So remember, share with your peoples. You know what I mean? Go check out the YouTube channel. Leave us a comment if you want. And we will see you next week. Um, I'm not sure if next week's another two-parter. Actually, it is. Yeah, fuck it. Next week is another two-parter. So we'll see you then, people. Enjoy your film watching. Peace.